Welcome to the latest episode of APPA's Public Power Now podcast. I'm Paul Schimpoli, News Director at APPA. Our guest today on this episode is Darren Borge, General Manager for Massachusetts Public Power Utility Sterling Municipal Light Department. Darren, thanks for joining us. Yeah, thank you. Happy to be here. Great. Um, so, Darren, just to get our, our conversation uh, kicked off, you you worked at Sterling Municipal Light Department for more than 10 years. So uh, given, given your background, can you talk about how your career at the utility uh, has helped you uh, in terms of preparing um, for the position of general manager and also just talk in general about um, your responsibilities and, and jobs that you've had at the utility? Yeah, yeah. So uh, this August actually will be 14 years now. I was fortunate to start here at a young age. I'm 37 now. And, uh, you know, when I first got into, I actually went to school for an energy utility technologies program to actually become a lineman. And uh, the utility I was applying for or training for, they actually didn't have any hiring at the time. So I uh, I applied here in Sterling. Actually, Sterling's uh, my hometown. My parents actually live in Sterling. I, I was born and raised and went to school here in town. So I have a lot of uh, you know, loyalties and, you know, roots to, in here in Sterling. But, uh, yeah, when I applied here, uh, I got hired on as the operations engineer in training. We At the time, we had a full-time engineer and sort of just to be his, uh, you know, future replacement to get some years under him. So I started with that position. And then uh, as employees moved on to different ventures in, you know, their life and different job opportunities, Instead of fulfilling those roles, it actually wrote their roles. I started to pick up along the way as it's, you know, the engineer ended up leaving. So I ended up taking over the engineering side of things. And then uh, uh, the head of the metering department took off. So I took over the metering and doing engineering. And then as our uh, line superintendent who oversaw the entire uh, line department retired, I took over the line superintendent position. So a lot of my background really came from the operational side of things, but then just with my uh, background in the metering that goes with the, uh, the billing and the line side, which goes with the construction, I really it really helped me become a well-rounded employee as far as knowing, you know, not just from the general manager's position up, but everything from the entry level floor to the general manager to really have a better understanding on the day-to-day needs and necessities of each and every department within the light department, which really, I think, helped me in in my succession and coming into my position. So just kind of digging dig into um, you know operations for the utility, one of the things that caught my eye in terms of, of preparing for this interview was the utility's fiber optic internet service. Um, could you go into um, additional details on, on what that is and, and what are the benefits of it? Yeah, definitely. So in probably 2018, we uh, we won, we got approved for a $150,000 grant through the state with a joint application with the town of Sterling. Obviously, us being uh, the light department, we're, sep- we're the same of the town, but we're separate from the town. So we went into this... Uh, joint application for this $150,000 INET grant, which is a, um, it's a town infrastructure network or uh, that where through funding, you have to connect these, all these different town facilities and assets through uh, a fiber connection. Well, 
you know, in Sterling, there wasn't any fiber, but actually two towns over there is, which is Shrewsbury Electric and Cable. Uh, they're their own uh, cable and fiber internet provider. And with talking, and they're also another municipal, but with talking with their general manager, you know, and more just jokingly fun matter was, uh, we are like, oh, we wish we could get fiber in Sterling. He said, why can't you? And that's when the wheels really started turning and how we could start using this grant to do these, uh, you know, try to put some cost savings towards the town and through a cooperative with two other munis in between Sterling and Shrewsbury was West Boylston Light and Boylston Light. And we came to an agreement that we would all split the cost of the cable through um, throughout each other's towns and bring it into Sterling. And then once we got it into Sterling, we did the needs for the grant to tie in some of the town buildings. But then, you know, it came to us was like, all right, well, we got fiber here now. Now what can we do with it? And through discussion with our board and uh, legal and stuff like that, we're like, well, why don't we come become an Internet service provider? And uh, that's actually where uh, the our other department underneath the SMLB umbrella, the local area municipal broadband or LAM uh, came to place. And I don't know if you guys are aware or not, but uh, the nursery rhyme, Mary had a little lamb is a story about a lady named Mary Sawyer, who's from Sterling. So that's where we came up with the name to have the acronym be lamb, but also uh, show local as showing, you know, we're we're here for the people that we serve. So, no, I well, no, I wasn't aware of that that history. So that that's a an interesting uh, nugget of information. So it sounds like um, you know the, the the example you gave of, of your conversation uh, with the Shrewsbury general manager. But I guess that's another example of how the, the public power communities can can leverage those those relationships that they have uh, in terms of uh, kind of talking about something maybe informally and then advancing it to something that's a finished uh, service. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, with working with another muni that has, you know, a direct pipeline to uh, all the major internet hubs, we were able to get, you know, we have a uh, contract with them as them being our uh, bandwidth provider. And what we're able to do is try to not only just save our customers money with, our electrical rates, but also try to be able to leverage some cost savings in the, you know, internet service providing and try to give a, you know, a more improved service at a good competitive pricing to our customers, just to try to help, you know, lower their monthly cost on, you know, really key, you know, household assets and uh, needs that you need nowadays with given the pandemic, the remote schooling, remote work, everything else in between, you know. So Sterling Municipal Light Department, as you know, has two energy storage systems, um, and we've actually covered, covered those projects um, in a fair amount of detail in our, in our newsletter. Um, so could you describe those systems and the benefits that have flowed from those uh, storage systems? Yeah, really the biggest benefit we get from both of them is resiliency and reliability. Uh, with resiliency side, it was our first project. The uh, our two megawatt, 3.9 megawatt hour battery storage system, uh, we were able to get through a resiliency grant because just a quarter mile from where the unit is located is 
our police station headquarters, which is actually the emergency call center for in case of any type of natural disaster or uh, any type of disaster uh, call center. And with this battery storage system, we would actually be able to power their building at 100% for 11 days, just giving the resiliency of backup grid if there's ever, you know, major transmission line outage that, you know, our call center still has the ability to, you know, do everything that they need to do on a day-to-day basis. And then uh, with the reliability really fell in with our community solar uh, and battery storage project that we did in 2018. And what that does is that on the same circuit that our NEC batteries on is uh it's a one megawatt solar with a one megawatt, two megawatt hour battery storage that we can actually charge the batteries with the solar and then tie that right into the same circuit as the other battery and either charge the other battery or um, supply load to that key uh, emergency center. Any consideration of, of poss- possibly pursuing additional storage systems in the future, or is, are you guys? satisfied at this point with the two that you already have yeah no we're always you know obviously with the growing load and the electrification of everything i think as we see our load growth it creates it opens our really our bandwidth parameters to what we can take into our system where maybe before if you know the load needs stayed at status quo we didn't really have the availability to add more storage onto the system but now as the big push for electrification and EV charging and uh, whole home mini splits or heat pump systems come online. It's starting to you know create us a bigger bandwidth to be able to add more battery storage and or solar or both as a combination. But I think just trying to leveraging the technology and the ways that it works for us specifically, I think you know we would definitely be uh, in the market to apply something if you know, all the numbers worked out and it wasn't going to be at a big cost to our rate payers uh, to be able to add something to add more reliability and resiliency to our system. Yeah. Again, just in terms of my preparation for this interview, one of the things that um, caught my eye was um, utilities um, efforts in terms of power outage management. Um, So could you talk about the ways in which Sterling has leveraged the latest technologies in the area of power management and uh, communicating with customers? Yeah, and I think, uh, you know, it's definitely, I think one thing that Sean Hamilton, our former general manager, really always tried to reiterate and promote was try to be proactive instead of reactive to the changing of technology and everything. And uh, we're actually on our second generation of our AMI deployment. We did our first AMI deployment in 2012. And that system worked great for the time being. But as technology changed, the system that we had then wasn't changing with it to where, you know, we were looking to start doing more multi-speak integration and, you know, immediate customer outage and restoration notification. And that system didn't have that capability. So in 2018, we went out for an RFP and ended up going with another AMI vendor and now through that vendor as some of our key points in needing was, you know, multi-speak integration, but really something that you can, you know, build for today, but also be able to 
advance it with as far as you know as technology advances it's not just what you buy today is what you're going to have for the next 10 years to be able to have something that as a you know building block foundation and build upon that and through that you know we have we have uh we now have you know customer outage outage notification and restoration notification where you can get it through text email or automated phone call or any one of the three or you can choose to do all three we're actually working on our customer outage our our customer usage portal which um, a customer would then be able to sign in and link a number of different either meters or accounts to a single login and they can sort of see their usage breakdown down to 15 minute intervals and really start to put all the information in the hands of the consumer to re- really try to help promote, you know, uh, you know, energy conservation and sort of see what's maybe driving their bill to be higher this month than what it was last month and sort of see what time parameters where you're getting these spikes or fluctuations in, uh, in electrical usage to really just try to help help get the information to them and not have them be so much on having to get to us for the information that they have it at, you know, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And uh, with the new AMI system too, and the outage notification to the customers, we've also uh, implemented an outage management system that is linked to our iPads that we have in all of our bucket trucks and uh, on-call vehicles that has uh, outage prediction capabilities based on the alerts that are coming from the meters and any upstream protection device where those outages stop it'll go to that next upstream device and say hey all the outages stopped here we predict that it could be you know this recloser that's opened or this cutout uh, this blown fuse on this uh, lateral takeoff and what that does for us, that helps our linemen and our on-call personnel to speed up in the times of that it takes for troubleshooting and finding where the fault actually occurred and be able to restore power uh, quickly and safely. Okay, so, I mean, this is up. You obviously provided a great overview in terms of all, all, these, all, all of these technologies and how they can benefit your customers. I'm just curious uh, as a follow-up. Um, I guess two part. Um, do you have any sense, even anecdotally, um, if you know customers are, are are recognizing these benefits, and and also how how have you guys gone about um, communicating to customers that hey, you, you have these benefits that you can utilize? Uh, yeah. So I think we have a good uh, lines of communication with our uh, customers and residents in Sterling to where. You know, quarterly we set out newsletters, and then even on our monthly bills, we have a little section that we can sort of put notes, reminders, links, and just sort of uh, new and updated things that, you know, that are either coming down the pipeline that are now available to them. And uh, we hope that they take a look at it. I know uh, with customers that still do come into the office, we try to promote like any of these new features and functionalities that we have. We have a, you know, outage web map now that's customer facing. So if the customer does experience an outage, they can go to that web map and sort of see on a scale how large or small that outage is. And it'll sort of give a base number of how many customers are affected in that outage. So they may not think that it's just them that's out, that it could be, their neighborhood or 
that, you know, that whole subdivision that they may be in. And uh, we just try to get as much information out there. How many of them use it, we really can't control. But as long as we have it out there, so when they call in to say, hey, I'm out of power, be like, yeah, we're aware. If you want to sign up for the outage and restoration, we can sign you up. Do you want it through the mobile number that we have on your account, the email you want on your account, or do you want it through both? So uh, any customer engagement, we just try to really promote uh, these things that we have that we have to offer that they may not be aware of at that time. Okay, great. And Darren, um, just a final question for you, big, big picture uh, point of view. Um, what's your what's your long term vision for Sterling Municipal Light Department, and you know what what do you want to accomplish as general manager of the utility? Uh, so you know, like I, I said in the beginning, I do have a long you know long history and loyalty to Sterling with you know being growing up here and a lot of family and friends that still live in town. But my long term goal is really to just you know maintain or reduce the overall cost of electricity to our customers. Uh, given the current situation of the economic situation with uh, the increase in inflation of cost of, you know, with everything, if we can try to keep one thing the same and just that helps out the customer just to know that we're doing our best to keep, you know, what we can control the same for you as the best that we can do it. And just try to increase, you know, our non-carbon emitting and renewable energy resources that go into our power portfolio or that we can tie into our system that can show reduction in emissions and uh, non-carbon emitting. And then, uh, you know, just our system reliability. Uh, Try to leverage technology as best we can. And, you know, if we work towards a spark grid, if we're doing, you know, if we're doing a project, we're uh, replacing all of our reclosers, you know, say in a four-year project and doing a couple of reclosers each year, you know, buying with the functionality and features that we don't need today, but we may be able to use in the future. So if we can got, get them with, you know, uh, fiber port connectivity so we can put it to a SCADA network that we can, you know, be able to see and operate on a remote operation side of things but then also add the functionality to where the system can almost become a self-healing system and try to really reduce the amount of customers that are in a sustained uh, area outage by the system just knowing and communicating between the devices to try to help isolate and then uh, then our linemen would just go to work on that restoration from there. Well, great. Darren, um, thanks again for taking the time out of your day to speak with us. And um, as, as I say to all of our guests, you know, consider yourself having a, you know, open invitation to, to come back at some point in the future. and We can revisit some of the topics we discussed today or, or any other interesting developments at Sterling. So thanks again. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you.